0: Y'all ready for a great day? You ready? Did you have a, did you have a wonderful weekend? I hope, I hope you're ready for, for a wonderful Sunday. I want to say thank you so much to our pastors and honor you. I love you so much. My wife and I, y'all genuinely are family to us. And um, one of my favorite things about y'all is that I love that you guys are always in the fight with us. We never have to fight a battle alone, because I know our pastors are with us, and they're texting us, and they're praying for us, but they're doing the same for you. They're praying for you. They're texting teams, hey, where's so-and-so? Hey, what's going on in their life? They're fighting for you, so you have pastors that are fighting for you, okay? And so I just want to remind you that you are in a great environment. I also want to give a huge shout-out to our serve team, okay? serve team. Let's give a huge round of applause. Tech team, parking lot team. We are, we're a family here, okay? This is not just like a one-person show. It actually takes a whole, a whole tribe of people, a whole family of people to make a Sunday happen. Why do we all get together? It's because we actually want to see every single one of our lives changed for His fame and for His glory. Now, as a family, we have what well, you can call, it's our 12 stones, but we could also, for today, we're going to call them Family Values, as a family, we have some values. Every, every organization, okay, every family has a certain culture, okay? It's by design or it's by default, okay? Whenever I got married, um, the way my wife's family eats hot dogs is very different than the way my family eats hot dogs, okay? <laughs> the way we eat hot dogs, Okay? maybe some of you will be in this category the way we eat hot dogs is you know you cook it on the grill or maybe you boil it all, you know on the on the stove okay and then if you're at the grill you'll take your hot your hot dog bun and you put it on there just for a little bit right get a nice little singe anybody know what i'm talking about get a nice little singe on there okay you get your hot dog i'll put some cheese on my hot dog put the hot dog in the bun and cover it with ketchup boom good to go done My wife's family, okay, they get the hot dogs. They chop the hot dogs up in little pieces. They put it in marinara sauce. They then put it then on the stove. They cook it on the stove in marinara sauce. So just wait, y'all thought it's the weird, it's gonna get way weirder, okay? Stuff like this does not happen uh, on, on accident. Okay, I'm talking about family culture and values, okay? So they take these, ch- these little pieces of hot dog and they cook it in marinara sauce, okay? Then they take the bun, they put it on a plate, okay? They put the bun on the plate, then they put mashed potatoes on the bun. I'm just getting started, y'all, okay? I'm just getting started. Real talk, okay? And then they put mashed potatoes on the bun and they'll put some mayonnaise. If you want mayonnaise, you can put mayonnaise on the mashed potatoes. Do you like Salsa. Let's put some salsa on top of the mashed potatoes, and then you get a a hot dog, okay, your hot dog pieces with the marinara sauce. You just pour it all over, and then you can, if you want to, you can cover it again with some more mashed potatoes and then potato sticks. (laughs) Covered in potato sticks, and now it's time for the ketchup and the mustard. That does not happen by accident. (laughs) They planned that, okay? This is how they eat. I mean, it is a full meal, okay? And it actually tastes good, okay? It really does, okay? I know you don't believe me because I didn't believe it, but it actually does taste good, okay? A whole bunch of random things together uh, work out, okay? But anyways, every organization has a culture by default or by design, okay? And as a church, we have a culture. We're intentional about this culture. And one of the things that we have here at Shoreline in our 12 Stones is we see with eyes of hope. This is our posture. This is how we see things. No matter how big the storm gets, no matter how dark it gets, we see with eyes of hope. Everybody say, we see with eyes of hope. We see with eyes There you go. Good job. Okay, we're going to jump in the Bible, Luke chapter 8. You ready for some Bible? Luke chapter 8. Here we go. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Just parenthetically, do you ever have friends that just love to state the obvious? Right? Like it's hot, and they're like, Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> Uh, We've been sitting on the tarmac. We've been sitting in the plane for such a long time. This is everybody knows it's been a long time, okay? Like, we're just, we're just trying to keep our Christianity together, okay? The disciples just stayed in the office. We're going to drown. He got up, Jesus, he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters and the storm subsided and all was calm. Jesus says, where is your faith? He asked his disciples. And in fear and amazement, They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. We're talking about we see with eyes of hope. The the disciples found themselves in a situation that they never, never expected. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that you never thought was going to happen, okay? My wife and I, we got married four and a half years ago, okay? So according to Malcolm Gladwell, we have passed 10,000 hours of marriage, and we are officially experts at marriage, okay? We've been married for—we're not really experts, okay? We've been married for four and a half years, and I remember, okay, so we had our marriage ceremony in Brazil, okay? And so we got married in Brazil— and um, there are different ways that you can come back into the States after getting married, okay? I chose the more dangerous way, okay? Grosso es mi nombre medio, okay? Like, danger is my middle name, okay? I just, we weren't gonna go the fiance visa route, okay? We were just gonna try to slide into America on a tourist visa, okay? So my wife, she had a tourist visa, which is technically not illegal, okay? It's not illegal, okay? You're gonna learn some more details here in just a second, okay? So anyways, we got married in Brazil, and here my wife and I, my new wife and I are coming to America, okay? This is where we're going to live, and we're going through customs, and we have to go and talk to the people, and I get through, boom, really easy. And I'm like, hey, babe, whenever you go and you talk to the custom agents, I want to make sure that you're like, you know, you don't have to hide your ring, but you don't have to show your ring, okay? Because she's entering on a tourist visa, and... Um, Just be cool. You're coming to visit some friends because you actually and some family because your sister lives here. So technically you're not lying, okay? And then once you get in the country, we can switch over your visa. Okay, I found out that this is like a gray zone. Okay, that's it, that's in the our customs system here. Okay, you can ask me more for more details later, all right? So anyways, she's going, she's talking, okay, and I'm like, babe, be cool, be cool, be cool. And I just see her, she's just, Hi. (laughs) Yes. And I'm over here, like at the baggage claim. She just, "Uh uh-huh. And the lady goes, you just got married, didn't you? (laughs) Nope. Sent her to the back room. Have you ever been sent to the back room at the airport? It's very uh, scary, okay? (laughs) It's... i i I was like hey you know that she's my wife i gotta go back there with her if we're going to the back room we're going to the back room together you know what i'm saying i've been a husband for six days i know how this goes (laughs) so i'm going back with my wife okay and we have to sit in this room and i just remember it being all white okay and i just storm i'm like pan i'm panicking on the inside you know i'm trying to be cool but i'm just thinking oh my gosh eric okay um they're saying that that she's gonna have to go back to brazil i'm I'm not not going back to Brazil with her, So, but I don't know, Portuguese. God, we have have a church that we're a part of. We love our church. We don't want to not be a part of our church. God, God, what's going on here? Okay, like I can't even be a good husband for six days. You know what I'm saying? Like I lost my wife in six days. (laughs) What's going on, God? (laughs) I'm just freaking out inside we our pastors actually threw us a reception okay we got married and whenever we came to dallas our pastors actually hosted a reception i'm like am i gonna show up to the reception with no wife (laughs) miss judy okay miss judy at our apartment sat out like all these rose petals and champagne i'm i don't want to show up to an apartment with rose petals and champagne for myself you know, I'm just like, all this stuff is just going. My friends are waiting and expecting to see my wife, and they're just going to see me just still rolling single, and they're going to think I've been lying to them all these years. <laughs> just inside, just all these scenarios. I'm just, but what I'm doing, I'm just kind of just sitting there on the chair. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. But you, you've been there right like you take you take home your first child they don't give you an instruction manual okay how to raise a child and this baby is crying all night long and you're like oh my gosh god what do i do or maybe you just got this promotion that you've been praying for and then they're having downsizing in your company and you end up losing your position you're like oh my gosh god what's what's going on here or maybe you actually were going to go to one school and then you found out that you thought that you were accepted and there was some something confusing happened and they give you another letter in the mail saying that you're no longer accepted i mean these seasons were just kind of hits you just right you didn't even expect it and if there's one thing that i've learned about god that as he's taking us to a destination that he's also taking us on a journey and in this journey he's not just wanting to do things through you he's also wanting to do some things to you yeah, yeah. and here we see the disciples okay the disi- that you know what the disciples were before they were disciples fishermen yeah. like these guys lived on a boat well, I mean, like, they spent all their days and years just on a boat fishing, okay? They were, they were experts at being on boats. And Jesus comes up to them in verse 22 and says, hey, let's go to the other side. This was, this was, um, this was probably not one of the most difficult questions or requests that Jesus actually had on the lives of the disciples. There was a time where uh, there was 5,000 people, and they're all hanging out. And these 5,000 people are hungry, and the disciples come to Jesus, and Jesus is like, Will you give them something to eat. Talk about panic, feeding 5,000. There was one time there was a disciple, they were hanging out on a boat, and this, Jesus says, hey, come on, disciple, walk on some water. <laughs> like, Jesus had asked them some pretty crazy things in the duration of their time together. Getting in a boat and crossing on the other side would have been one of the things that the disciples would have been like, Jesus I got you. You want to get to the other side of the lake? I mean, I'm a professional boatsman. I don't know if that's what you call him, okay? But I've spent my life in boats. And here, they are shocked by the storm. Professionals at this. And utterly shocked at what's going on. There are some things in life that can hit you and leave you shocked. You weren't trained for this. This is above your pay grade. How do you respond in these moments? What 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 do you do whenever whenever it happens to you and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't. This happens to us all. You're train. You have a certain level of training. I can prove it. I can prove it really quick. Everybody here, you know, you know how to have good manners, right? Whether you do it or don't, you know how to have good manners. You also, many of you know how to drive a car. Okay, you know how to drive a car. If you don't know how to drive a car, you know how to ride a bike. But you get in a car and somebody cuts you off, all your training, boop, out the window. Like we have, we have these times where we just, we lose our minds, okay? We forget the training and we forget who we are. And this is where the disciples are at. They're just, they don't know what is going on. The disciples are freaking out and how you respond in these moments are so critical. It's so vital and so important. here we see Jesus... How was he responding? He was actually asleep. Like, there, the, the storms of life can actually challenge how you see things. And here we see Jesus asleep. Asleep? Lord, Jesus, God, asleep. Who's a storm? I mean, the the way the disciples are describing the situation is that the waves are coming over the boat. So that means Jesus is asleep while he's getting soaking wet. Who sleeps in that? My wife might sleep in that. She can sleep in anything, okay? But I can't, you know, like, Jesus is just, have you ever gone through a situation in a storm and you feel like Jesus is asleep? Like you feel What you feel is God's asleep on you. And this can be, now this can be tricky. I'm getting in your business right now. Okay, like this. Whenever you're going through a storm and God's not there, or at least you feel like he's not, you can then feel so helpless now that that God has seemingly left you to fend for yourself. And how you respond in these moments are so critical to who we are. And here we see Jesus just asleep with the disciples. And they're freaking out. It's all chaos. They they finally wake Jesus up. And I want to pick this up in verse 20. Let's see. let's, Let's go to verse 23. Jesus fell asleep. And the squall came down at the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him saying, master, master, you know, in these, in these seasons when God's seemingly asleep, you start to question things, right? God, do you love me? Like, God, I know you, I know you love me when the sun is shining, but God, do you love me when the storm is pounding and the rain is falling? God, I I know you love me whenever I'm doing good, but God, I just failed in a way I never thought I would fail. God, do you still love me? God, I I know that you're with me whenever I'm succeeding because I feel you with me because I know I couldn't do this in my own strength, but now that I'm failing and things aren't turning out how I want them to turn out, God, are you still with me? Can I just, I want to tell you something, okay? Just because you're freaking out doesn't mean God's got to freak out, (laughs) Just because you're like, oh my gosh. I, imagine, okay, imagine, imagine if Jesus, okay, Jesus being asleep and the disciples come up and they're like, Master, Master, we're gonna die. And then if the creator of heaven and earth woke up and he's like, oh my gosh, we're gonna die. <laughs> Like, God doesn't join you in your hysteria, okay? But we kind of want him to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we kind of want him to be freaking out. And when he's not freaking out, we think he's not there, Just because it's big to you doesn't mean it's big to God. Okay, things don't have to look like they're in control for God to be in control. Why? Because he is the prince of peace. He is the alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. This is who God is. And just because God's not blood, whenever you're like, oh my gosh, doesn't mean he's not there. Doesn't mean that he's not present. Doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. Doesn't mean that he's not for you. Matter of fact, I would even I would even fair to say that it means that he's actually even for you even more. Because he's actually looking to you. He's actually looking to you to carry some weight. He's actually looking to you to be somewhat of the answer. He's actually looking to you to stand tall. He's actually looking for you to see with eyes of hope. That even when it's dark and even when it's confusing he's still in control That's right. That's right. whenever we say we see with eyes of hope this is not just about positive thinking okay this isn't this isn't like anything in yourself whenever we whenever we say that we see with eyes of hope we're not pulling on ourselves or our own words this is not like this, this positive confession. Whenever we say that we see with eyes of hope, which what we actually are saying is that we're saying that we're looking towards God and we know that he is our anchor. Whenever we make a statement like we see with eyes of hope, it is totally dependent upon the character of God and who he is. To not let that waver. So this is, this is why we respond with we see with eyes of hope. That's why this is a family value, okay? That's why this is a 12 stone. That's why here at Shoreline City, this is how we respond to darkness and storms, okay? I know, I know the doctor's report is real, but we still respond with eyes of hope. We still respond knowing that the creator of heaven and earth is for us. His love has not changed. He is not doubting himself. He is not doubting you. Instead, he is actually an anchor just chilling in the storms of life. God wasn't freaking out whenever I was freaking out in that room, that white box room, doubting me as a husband and thinking about, I mean, you know, you go through all the worst scenarios, right? Like it just, it all amplifies in your brain. But God's not there instead he knows exactly what's going to happen and he's for you I just I want you to know that he's for you he's not against you he's on your side and he's rooting you on one of the things that we have you can go to our website and you can read our 12 stones it says we see with eyes of hope and then right underneath it it says if it's not good then God's not done if it's not good in your finances God's not done. If it's not good in your marriage, God's not done. If it's not good in your household and with your kids, I just want to remind you that God's not done. If it's not good at school, I just want to remind you that God is not done. He's not done. Because he turns all things around for the good of those who love him. Here's one of the other things that the disciples didn't realize. is That they forgot who was in the boat with them. Like they forgot that Jesus was there with them. I I was reading uh, some about this, and there was a theologian that said that this would have been a moment where the disciples probably would have made a connection to Jesus. They knew Jesus to be who he was in the moment. But this would have connected Jesus to being God over everything because there would have automatically been this parallel with Exodus and the splitting of the Red Sea. That in Exodus, God had control over the water and the wind and the waves. And here you also see in the New Testament, Jesus having control of the water and the wind and the waves. And this is why the disciples were so like dumbfounded. They were like, who who is this? What? This? But they had forgotten who was in the boat with them. You know, a storm will do that to you really quick. You just, you'll lose, you'll lose all footing. You'll forget what is up and what's down. And you'll forget who's in the boat with you. This is why it's so important. Can I just say, this is why it's so important that you're in a connect group. This is why it's so important that you're serving. This is why, because your feelings will lie to you, okay? Your feelings will amplify the entire situation to a point that it's not even reality, okay? You're thinking of everything in your brain, and you just need some people around you, okay? They're going to say, hey, you're going to get through this. Hey, you're going to be just fine. Hey, don't, no, come on, you're taking it way too far, okay? Okay? You're taking away. Have you ever just had a bad day and everything just seems negative? OK, I mean, like I was in the car with a friend. Um, this would have been last week. OK, and traffic was kind of bumper to bumper. And, and one of the guys goes, oh, man, you could jump out of the car. and man, you could like run around the car and then just come running right back in the car. And the guy who was driving was like, no, you couldn't. Okay, okay. We were talking about houses. We were talking about houses. And I'm like, you're talking about duplexes and things like that. Okay, like houses next to each other. What is that? Is that duplexes or townhomes? Anyways, it's like houses next to each other. And they're like, oh, there was this house that was available. And, and uh, one of these townhomes, and it's, it's beautiful. And I'm like, oh, man, wouldn't that be cool if, like, we, you got the left townhome, and I got the right townhome, and we were, like, townhoming together. And he was like, the other one sold. <laughs> I'm just trying to bond with you, man. I'm just trying to just trying to be boys, okay? I know it's sold. It's a long ride, okay? It's a long drive that we got. I'm just trying to have some fun with you, man. But when you have a bad day, you know, you can just kind of, you know, you can be rough. You can be difficult to be around. You can be a little prickly, okay? Be a li- just a little spicy. You can forget who's in the boat. You can begin to lose perspective. Here in verse 24, the end of verse 24, speaking of Jesus, it says that he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. And Jesus says, where is your faith? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? Can I just say, there, there are two sides to this okay there are two sides to this there's the natural okay what you see what like what is actually going on okay and in the natural everything may be going crazy okay you had the training okay you went to school and you got your degree in finances okay and you can be the cfo of a company and be very successful but at home your personal finances are just going crazy okay we can have we can have these moments okay but jesus Jesus here actually steps into the moment and he totally transcends what is happening. There are two aspects to this. There's the natural. Okay? We don't ignore the natural. You get the doctor's report. It's not what you expect. We're not the kind of church that's like, oh, ignore ignore this, name it and claim it. It didn't it just act like it didn't happen. Okay? You, you get the letter from your lawyers, okay? You get the, you get the phone call from the principal. What, whatever that may be, there are the natural. There is this natural storm, okay? And we don't shy away from the natural, okay? As a church, as Shoreline City, we actually run face forward into the natural. Why? Because we know that there's a God that supersedes the natural. There is a God who is actually supernatural, and he supersedes anything that's going on. Like, like in a moment, okay? In a, in a moment, everything can change. This is why we see with eyes of hope, because we know that in a moment, anything can change. You can go from tears to joy, okay? You can, you can go from bank, bankrupt bankrupt, and have no clue what to do, okay, then actually having a solution. God can completely turn things around. This is actually what he does best. This is what the gospel is. It's bringing things from death to life. This is why we see with eyes of hope. It's not in ourselves. It's actually in the character of God and who he is. One of, the things, one of the things that's really interesting about boats, okay, is that the same thing that makes a ship float, the same thing that can sink it. Just where it's at. Are you going to let the storm sink you? Or are you going to see with eyes of hope? Are you going to walk through the difficult things and let the difficult things of life make you who God has called you to be and get to the other side? Or are you going to just stay in yourself and let it defeat you? Come on, Shoreline City. I want to make sure that we're a church that looks directly into the natural and declares the supernatural over every we see with eyes of hope. Because whenever you're in a storm. Whenever you're in a storm, it can cloud your vision. You, can, you cannot see things correctly. You can, be, you can be, begin to create things in your brain that are just totally different than the true narrative. But when you're in a storm, you can seem lost. But that's not the way we respond. The way we respond is that we see with eyes of hope. You don't forget that you're on mission. What did Jesus say in the very beginning? He grabbed his disciples and he said, hey, let's go to the other side. They were still going to get there. Come on. I want to make sure that you're still, I want to make sure that you know that you're still going to get there. I want you to know that the promises of God are yes and amen. And you may be in a storm, but you're still going to get to the other side. He still has those things for you. He still loves you. He's still for you. He's still on your side. We see with eyes of hope. We don't freak out. You might freak out for a little bit, okay? It's okay. Go ahead and cry it out, okay? Okay, you can cry it out in a corner. Go to your bedroom, cry it out. But the way we hold ourselves and our posture is that we see with eyes of hope. We run towards the storm knowing that we serve a God who is supernatural and supersedes anything we can see with our own eyes. I want to read these scripture verses over you. Because as you're going, whenever you're going through a time of difficulty, you need some ammo. I'm just going to be honest with you. You need some ammo. You need people surrounding you, okay? You need individuals that are going to encourage you. But you also need the word of God to stand on, okay? Okay, they told me at Shoreline City that I see with eyes of hope. But where does that come from? Okay, this comes straight from the word of God. And so whenever these times come... You can stand on his word. It's good. It's true. It supersedes the natural. We're going to put these scriptures on the screen, or we're going to put on lower thirds. But I'm going to read these. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it says, be hope, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Yeah, yeah. Psalm chapter 71, verse 14, it says, as for me, I will always have hope. Yeah. Romans 8, 28, it says, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose our hope is not in ourself our hope is actually found in jesus christ and the good news of the gospel how do we respond church family whenever storms come we respond with eyes of hope we see with eyes of hope knowing he's for us this is our heritage this is our dna We see it all throughout the Old Testament in Jacob with Elijah. We see this with Moses. We see it in the New Testament with Paul and Peter. We see it with Jesus. We see this church has been built on individuals, our pastors and leaders who have continued to see with eyes of hope. So if you're in a season, you don't feel like you have it in yourself to hope. I just want to remind you, this is who we are. We're people who see like that. Not only as a church community, but also as a believer in Christ, our identity in Christ, we now have this hope that is eternal in him. Because I know, church family, the best days truly are ahead for every single one of us. If you can bow your heads, church family, if you can close your eyes. And I'm going to actually ask you something. I'm going to ask you, have you given your heart to Jesus Christ? Is he first in your life? I'm not asking, do you have a Bible? I know you're at church today. What I'm asking is Jesus, Lord of your life. Is he first? Or maybe there are some of you in this room today where there was a time where Jesus was first and, and storms have came and circumstance and life has happened and you found yourself running away from him instead of running to him. And today you feel him drawing, him, drawing you back to himself. I'm going to ask you to do something simple, yet something very, very bold. I'm going to ask you on the count of three to just shoot your hand up for those who want to accept Jesus Christ for the very first time and those who want to rededicate their heart and life to Jesus Christ on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Raise your hands for those. Hands go. We see your hands. Church family, I want us to all do this together. Let's put our hand over our hearts. And let's repeat this prayer after me say dear jesus thank you for forgiving me all my sins i admit i've made mistakes and today i give you my heart i give you my life give me the power to live for you in jesus name amen amen come on you can lift your heads and clap your hands to those who have given their hearts and lives to jesus christ